Welcome back. Sunday morning, breakfast here. I was thinking of doing one tomorrow, but I had President's Day. We can't, we can't oh. learn to work. <laughs> Today, uh, today's edition of Letters of Tradition, the traditional letters, is a letter the Rambam writes to a convert, to Ovadia Hager. Now, there's so much to say about the Rambam. If I even begin, we won't get to the letter. So I'm not going to begin. I'm just going to give you a couple of highlights of, about the Rambam, who he was, where he's from. We've all heard about him. He's like the the uh, most, one of the most seminal figures in our history. Rambam Maimonides, or Moshe ben Maimon, was born in Spain under Muslim rule. The, the uh, leaders, the Muslim leaders of his time were somewhat favorable to Jews at that time. They call it the golden age of Jewry, perhaps, which was never always too golden. That's what they call it. And uh, the Jews had a status called, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but I believe it's Dehimmi. The Himmies' status essentially the um, anyone who's non-Muslim gets second-class citizenship, but they pay they, they're protected. They may have to wear at certain points certain identifying objects, a, a, a uh, some sort of star, some sort of other something else in their clothing, something that the uh, Germans stole. They actually stole it from the status. But in general, Jews under the Himmy status fared far better than Jews in Christian lands. You know, Jews in Christendom. That's just how the history goes. When Ram was very young, the Omahads, which were a more radical tribe, invaded Spain, killed many Jews, forced many to convert, and sent the rest into exile. Rama proceeded to go into exile for the next many, many years, traveling. In the meanwhile, while he was traveling, he composed one of his great works, the uh, commentary on the Mishnah, which he thought would be the work he'd be remembered by. He went through every single, almost every Mishnah, Excuse me, he wrote a commentary on it in Judeo-Arabic. was not written in English. It was written in Judeo-Arabic, which is Arabic, but written in, with Hebrew letters. What makes that so complicated is because any time we have a translation of things, it's very hard to know what exactly the Rambam meant, or anyone. When you read a translation, there are words that, are, that can go one way or the other. And depending on the translator, the translator always leaves his mark, leaves his impression. And therefore, sometimes it's harder to learn the Rambam on the Mishnah, even though you open any Rambam, any, any Mishnahis here, the Rambam will be on the, on the Mishnah, it's sometimes hard to know exactly what the Rambam meant. Sometimes there are, there are steers, there are contradictions between what the Rambam writes there and elsewhere, and you have to wonder, was that the Rambam making contradictions? Did the Rambam want us to make a certain diak, a certain inference? Or is that just a translator who did a poor job translating or just translated to the best of his ability? The Rambam eventually ends up in Israel, where he doesn't last there for very long because of famine. He does write about his accounts in Israel uh, extensively, and then he travels to Egypt, where he remains for the remainder of his life. Eventually, he's buried in Israel, but there's a whole other story there. In Egypt, he becomes the rub of Old Cairo, called Fustat, which is the Old Cairo community. And he also becomes the doctor to the king, essentially. And all the kings, uh, many, many uh, wonderful horses and men and wives and everything else the king had gone on that palace. Um, the Rambam was a voluminous writer. We know already, quoted this week, Torah. Just his magnum opus, this tremendous work where he essentially writes in the introduction, you no longer need to open the Talmud, because I have everything in this work, a source of contention, obviously. People are like, who are you to write that? He also didn't write sources. There are no sources in the Mishnah very few sources, which caused a lot of people to say, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm going to write a source book, and he never did. He also wrote a very famous letter. A Talmud sent him a letter. And he responded in a very famous letter that we now know is called Mor Nebuchim, the Guide for the Perplexed, where he kind of spells out his philosophical 
uh, views on many things, although just who the Ram was, anywhere you open, or anytime you open a Rambam, even in the most halakhic work like Mishnah Torah, throughout, replete throughout it are different philosophical ideas. You can really mind there and learn it. Um, Rabbi a Professor Isidor Torsky, Yitzhak Torsky, who was Mayor Torsky's father from Riverdale, professor in, a professor at Harvard, he ran the Jewish department, he wrote a book about that thick, I have in my office, all about Mishnah Torah. It is, that's the Rambam in a very, very short, obviously we can, we can spend a lot of time on him, and he becomes, he becomes the, the, one of the most important members, one of the most important, we showed him, anything the Rambam says has to be contended with. Even when, when we reject him, both on a philosophical or halachic grounds, the Rambam makes it into every discussion because of his stature. He just teaches such an important person, they call him the Nesher HaGadol, the Great Eagle. And then the Rabbim himself, just the work of Mishnah Torah spawned a literature, literally shelves and shelves and shelves, bookcases full of people commenting on Mishnah Torah. It got to the point where there's a book called the Minchas Chinuch, and we hear the Minchas Chinuch of Yosef Babad. If you ever meet some of the Hasidim here, there's a Babad family running around. There are descendants of the, of the Minchas Chinuch. So they say originally he wanted to compose his commentary not on the Sefer Chinuch, but on the Rambam, but he realized there were so many commentaries on the Rambam, no one's going to want to read his. There were no comments to say Brachinov, so he wrote a Say Brachinov, because uh, I guess I waited, and he, uh, now people read it. So that's the Rambam. Today what I want to discuss is the following. The Rambam also has many letters, and the way it works out, some are in Shavos and Chuvos, some are in just the Igeris of Rambam and letters of the Rambam, they kind of spread throughout, they were in different manuscripts published at different times. But he has a letter, or actually a series of three letters he wrote to a man named Ovadia Hager. Ovadia, the convert. And... There were a couple of questions Ovadia asked him, and the Rambam basically spells out what he, what he thinks of Geirim, what he thinks of converts. And the reason why we have to do this, and why he had to do this, is because just like last week, we discussed an apostate, someone apostatizes, how do we view them? We went through various Gemaras, various lines of the Talmud that seem to have a very disfavorable view of apostates. So when you go through the Gemara, there, there's... It's very questionable, it's very hard to understand what exactly the Gemara necessarily thinks about Agar. I mean, the Torah says, love the stranger, what, 37 times? More than that? 67 times? I don't remember the exact number. But then again, the Gemara has very interesting lines and comments about it. So the Rambam's going to spell it out. So let's do this together. The first Gemara we're going to view, we're going to travel to Pesachim. Pesachim 87b, Pei, Zion, or Beis. Gemara in Pesachim says something a little back to me. Rabbi Eliezer, Elazar. Source number one. Lo Baruch did not redeem, did not, excuse me, send the, not the Jewish people into Gulfs. The reason why we went into exile was Lebeno almost into all the generations. So I say to you, I stop there. Choose your own adventure. Why did we get sent into Gulfs? Why did we send, why, why were we exiled? Someone. Sinaschinam, we, we teach us a lesson because we, 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 we hated each other. Anyone else? Why are we sitting in America, in Linden? As much as we love Linden, we know we're not supposed to be here. Why are we in Gauls? Why are we in exile? Why, why was it Tishuah? Because exactly, we sinned. It's a punishment. It's a punishment. That's why we're here. It says the Gemara, something a little perplexing. The reason God sent us into exile was, so we can gather in converts. Almost to say, there are, there are potential converts spread throughout the land, and had we not been exiled, we never would have encountered them. So the reason God sent us into exile was to encounter converts. A little strange. And to teach them. To teach them, to, to teach them, to bring them in. Kulam Adam Zar is fine. 
which is a little strange. So the, a lot of the commentaries trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. Some say perhaps this is the silver lining of exile. We don't want to go into exile. Exile's been terrible for us as the Jewish people. America's just an exception. But you know what? Silver lining, at least we got we got gay room. We got, we got converts. You know, the Hasidim have other interpretations of this. The Orachayim, the Arizal, they point out perhaps it's less about, about, about converts, more about us picking up the the merits, the the, the tzotzos, but we'll leave that aside for now. But the Gemara Psachim seems to say, indicate, converts are a good thing. Converts are supposed to happen, and it's up to us to gather them in. And that's why we travel from land to land. So we went, we started in, in Babylonia, we went to Europe, we went to America, and throughout the t- process, we're picking up converts and their children, etc. However, the Gemara Kedushin on 70b says as follows: Omer of Chalva. Koshim geirim Yisrael kisapachas. Geirim, converts, are as difficult to the Jewish people as a sepachas. Some translate as a scab. I think it means a tsaras. Leprosy. Geirim are difficult. What's, what's a scab? It's that thing that's there, it's always bothering you. You're scratching, you're trying to get rid of it. You don't want to scratch it, but you still want to scratch it. You know what I mean? It's healing. It's healing, but at the same time, it's, it's annoying. You don't want it on you. And you all, you're trying to peel it, not trying to peel it. See if it's going to bleed if you peel it. The scab shows improvement, so... So they're scared, they're improving. Yeah, but he's not saying this in a, in a positive way. Uh, isn't, isn't this a rather harsh statement? To, uh, uh, yeah. It's demeaning. It, it's it, I agree. I agree. It's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a saras? What's a blister? It's a thing that anytime you, you move your hand the wrong way, you remember, oh, ow, I hurt myself. I burnt myself. You don't want it to be there. It's, that, it's like a thorn in the side. That's what it is. It's a thorn in the side. Kashim gerem yisrael kisapachas. What does that mean? So it says Rashi. That Rashi, there Rashi was Tavatim's. Rashi we met last week. So Rashi takes one interpretation. and says, you know what? Perhaps because you have someone who converted, they're not as careful about keeping the mitzvos. They bring the, the, the ways that they learned from when they're youth into the congregation, and now everyone's going to learn from them. And therefore, they're, they're not good. They end up taking people down. However, Tosvos totally disagrees. What does Tosvos say? And I think this is, this is fascinating. Omer Avram Hager. So some ger, living in the town of Tosva, says, Lefisha Hagerim Bakiyan B'mitzvos Umedaktikim Behem Koshif Heim Yisrael Kesepachas. What are gerim? You have a convert? They're going to be more punctilious in mitzvos, and they're going to be more aware of mitzvos than anyone who's, you know, who grew up with, Ju- with Judaism. And essentially, they're going to be, they're going to put everyone to shame. They're going to be the person, they, they join the community, and they have a certain, maybe Tamima stick to them, a certain, a certain ability to see the world with a, with a healthy naivete. They don't have the cynicism. They don't have the baggage. They, they've sat and learned things that perhaps we never had an opportunity to learn. And then essentially, they're going to stand. They just came into this, and they're going to keep the Torah mitzvahs better than the rest of us. You see the ground that the gear stands on is holier than the, the ground. About Chuba. About Chuba. But uh, what, what, what he's saying here, I mean, it, it could apply as well, is you have someone who joins something, who, who, who elects to join something, they're going to be more excited. They're going to be more inspired. And in a way, it's a, it's, it's a, it creates a bit of a, a burden on the rest of us. Because it makes us feel bad. It makes it, you know, if they're doing it, I should certainly be doing it. That's the Revival Magar says. This actually, this, this actually comes out in the Halacha. In the, the Karban Pesach, has to be brought the Chaburah. The Karban Pesach is the pet, the the, the carbon we bring, Arab Pesach, eat uh, the Seder night. And ask, you have to bring a Bichabura with a group of people. I think I spoke about this a couple weeks ago in Adrasha, if I remember correctly. You have to, you have to bring a Bichabura. One is not a lot of a Chabura of only Geirim. Of 
only gayrim. You have to have gayrim, non-gayrim, or no gayrim. You can't, a gayrim cannot join together. Why? So uh, I think it's Hagos Maimani or the Kess of Mishnah on the Rambam says, I'll tell you why. Because if you have only gayrim, what's going to happen? They're so careful about the t- mitzvos. They're so careful about not wanting to do an Avera because they're so in love and enraptured with Hashem, with Torah, they're going to end up being too machmir and not wanting to finish it in case they come in order to break a bone, to break a bone. That's what, that's what he says. Sometimes they're too machmir, they're too stringent because they're so excited. They're, 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 it's new to them, they're passionate about it. And therefore says those of us, you know why we say they're like the Savachas? Not because they're doing anything wrong, because they make us look bad. They make the rest of us realize we're not living up to the standards we should be living. You have questions? Me? Any questions? Anyone have questions? So that's how Tosus interprets it. Now, this leads us to the following. But when you have a gear, someone joins the Jewish people, we're so excited to have them. What happens now? Maybe they, they, the Torah, now we see they're, they created Ishaibus and all the rest of us, they, they, they obligate the rest of us to work harder. So the gear converts, he gets out of the mikvah, she gets out of the mikvah, they go to Shul. And they start davening. Baruch atah Hashem, Elokeinu v'lekeinu, saying, Blessed you are God, God, God of my, my God, the God of my fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they take a step back and say, One minute. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were not my ancestors. My ancestors were Nimrod. I don't know. My ancestors were someone else. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they weren't my fathers. Can a ger say the God of my fathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? You're taking a very interesting take on things. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps that's what the uh, Gemara and Sochim is. The whole point of here is that you're adopting into the family. Okay, so you're saying you're, so you know, my, my adopted father of, okay, okay, so we'll see this all. So, yeah. I've also heard the, the idea that it, during incitement time, even all the gearing were there, and when everybody left, everybody just got spread out and get. So that's what Elliot's referencing. That's maybe that's maybe the So that's that, there. So that's what Elliot's referencing, and that's you know, perhaps that's the, some of the Hasidic interpretations of the Gemara Mesachim. But this is the question that's brought up. So where do we have to go? That is a Mishnah Bikurim. Bikurim are the first fruits of the of the of the year. You would wrap that little band around it, bring it to Yerushalayim. One of the more essential parts of bringing the Bikurim to Yerushalayim. After you went through the whole procession, you, you saw the fruit, you wrapped the string around it, you put it in the basket, you bring it to your shalim, or da- you, or, you know, you, uh, everyone comes out, they sing, they blow trumpets, it's all exciting. You bring it to the base of Mikdash. As you give it to the, to, the, to the Kohen, or perhaps while he's holding it, you do something called Vidoy Bikurim, where essentially you say, this is the Bikurim, and it's the first fruit, and you go through a whole long thing, and you, in the process you say, Aramid Obed Ovi, Vayerid Mitzrayim, what we say when we, when we uh, in, the, in the Haggadah. And you mention how we were taken out of Mitzrayim. You read this entire thing, how we were taken out of Mitzrayim. So the Mishnah Bikurim wants to know, if a Gera brings Bikurim, is he allowed to say this? That we were taken out of Mitzrayim. Aramid Ovid Ovi, our father was oppressed, etc., etc. Says the Mishnah Bikurim, Elu maybe below Karin. Here's a list of people who, if they bring Bikurim, they're allowed to bring Bikurim. We ask them to bring Bikurim, but they cannot read the paragraph about how their ancestors were persecuted and then taken out of Mitzrayim. Here is that list Hager maybe the Eno Kore. A Ger brings Bikurim, but he cannot read the paragraph about Aramid Ovid Ovi. He cannot read the paragraph stating about the history of the Jewish people, how I, it's all, it's all first person, my ancestors were taken out of Mitzrayim. My ancestors were oppressed perhaps by Lavan. My ancestors. He can't read that because it's just, it's not true. 
We're so happy you're here. We're so happy you joined us. But again, at the same time, we have we have a different history up until this point. Mm-hmm. Going forward, you're now a member of the Jewish people, and we're going to join together. Whatever goes on beyond now, now we're so happy to have you, and your your destiny is tied with our destiny. But your history is not. But the children of Aaron. What do you say? The children of Aaron. Again, your destiny is tied to our destiny. But your history is not. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, the children of Aaron, like, are they, will they be able to read it? It's an interesting question. So we'll, we'll, let's, let's hold it for a moment, and we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, it's first person. First person. Okay, so it says, the, let's, let's, see, let's see what the Mishnah says. Let's see, let's go on with the Mishnah. They, they can't read the, in the, in the, in the process they can't say, Hashem swore to my fathers to give us this land. How many generations did it go to before they can't say it? So we'll, we'll, let's, let's hold off until we, we, we finish the Mishnah. If his mother is Jewish, he could read and say, I well maybe his fa- it's land goes to the fathers. Okay, still he, he can still say it. You still you still you're still a Jew. And when he davens, the mission now deviates and moves and diverges from the regular standard halachas of bikurim and says, and when he davens, Omer elokei avos Yisrael, the father God, the God of the fathers of the Jewish people. So then say the God of my fathers. And he's davening in the basic Knesset. He comes to Minyan. He signed up on the Minyan chat. Then he says, God of the people of the, of the people around me's fathers. I will say him, their fathers. And if he's mother's Jewish, to the God of my fathers. That is the Mishnah. The Mishnah clearly states it's not a it's, it's just about being honest. It's not like we, there's no different change of status here. It's just you can't say my history is your history when it's not. You have a different history because you just grew up differently. You came from different ancestry. Going forward again, our, our destinies are intertwined. Our histories are different. You can't change history just because you went to the mikvah. This is what, this is what, this is what the Mishnah says. However, the Rambam, the Rambam says differently. Turn to two pages to the letter of the Rambam. It's, this is, it's the, we're going to go left to right just because of the format. We'll, we'll read it inside. What's our time for it today? Okay. If you, if you see line 15, line 15 there. Sheila, Shashola's Ramavadia, Gertzedic, Rebeno Moshe, the Chuvah Saint. So this is the, the heading of this Chuvah, the heading of this letter is a letter that Rav Moshe, as in our, fa, our, our teacher, the Rambam, wrote to Avadia Hager. Omar Moshe ben Rav Maimon says the Rambam. Mivnei Golos Yerushalayim, Asher Sefarad Zal. The person, so Yerushalayim, Asher Sefarad. He goes, I'm Moshe ben Maimon, who was exiled from Yerushalayim, and now I'm residing in Sefarad, in the Sephardic lands. He gino aleinu, she'elas me'rona v'rabona avadia ha'maskil ha'meivin ger'tzedek. Just hear the title he gives this guy. A question came to us from Moronin v'rabona. Ovadia Hamaskil, who understands, who, who gets it, who understands, Gertzedek. As he's giving him a very nice salutation, a very nice title. Yeshalom Hashem Pu'ulov, the Maskirusu Shlema Me'em Hashem, Lokay Yisrael Shirba, Chasos Tachas Kanfa. Hashem should basically give him bracha, how wondrous and wonderful it is, he's decided to join in under the wings of Hashem, under the Shrema. 
He asked the following. I have a question about brachos and tefillah. He says as follows. He lists a bunch of places in the Torah. Can he say essentially this Mishnah Bikurit? When he's diving between himself, again, he parallels the Mishnah. Asher kitshanu mitzvaseinu, you 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 get you sanctified us with your mitzvos. Basher yibdalnu, you separated us. Havdalah, basher bachar banu, you chose us because again a ger was not chosen by God, rather the ger chose God. Vinish nav as avaseinu vatzeinu melech mitzrayim, vasa nisim avaseinu the nisim for our fathers, just nisim avaseinu by mehem b'zmanazeh, the kol kiyotsu be'elu hanyan. All these sort of saying that come out during davening where essentially we're saying god you did the following for our ancestors you you chose them you gave them this land you did great miracles for them says the rambam you can say it all exactly the way everyone else says it and don't switch don't change the nusach Against the Mishnah in Bikurim, he says, Davin like everybody else, do not change everything. The same way everyone else says, You do the same. Why? Who was Avram? He taught everyone. Avraham Ongayim, right? That's the that's the, the conjunction of his name. He taught everyone. He he, he taught everyone. To lishmar derech Hashem k'moshu k'suba Torah. We're in the second column, about line seven. Ki adatu lemanasher tzitzavus benav es beiso akrov v'yishmuru derech Hashem. He taught everyone to follow ways of Hashem. L'ficha kol mishnis gaer at sov kol hadoros. Therefore, anyone who converts. From now and forevermore, and anyone who unifies God's name, if you convert, you join the Jewish people, you're a Talmud, you're a student of Avraham, and you're a member of his house. You're joining the household of Avraham. You're a Ben Avraham. Line number 10. The same way Avram converted many people. As we know, his tent was open on all four sides. They come into his house. He gives them a meal. They'd say, thank you. He'd say, don't thank me. Thank the person who gave us the meal. The person say, who's that? They teach him benching. And that began the process of conversion. So any gear from now and forevermore is a Talmud, a Talmidah of Avram Avinu. Can you say Baruch Abraham? Then you don't have to be a gear. Anyone could say it. No, you still have to opt in. Once you so opt in, you have to matriculate in the, in the academy of Abraham Avinu. So it's more than simply being Ben Abraham. Of course, you have to matriculate. So it says Ben Abraham, so it's more than just being. Ben the definition of being a Ben Abraham is you, uh, as you take on Torah mitzvahs, Mila and Tefilah. Um. What makes his Avram is the father of anyone who comes after him, who chooses, who elects, who joins the Jewish people. 
Avram is your father. In the same way God promised Avram, walk the land. It's your land. Well, you're a Talmud. You're a student. You're a son of Avram Avinu. He's your father. So anything Avram was promised, you got as well. Avram, what about you took us out of Egypt? Avram wasn't taken out of Egypt. Can you state that statement? Avram. Then he says as follows. But not everything we stated was all about Avram. Who took us out of Egypt? Who left Egypt? Avram didn't leave Egypt. He didn't go down to Egypt. I mean, he went down, but he came up. So says the Rambam, if you want to change, you feel like it's more accurate for yourself, you're allowed to say what the Mishnah Bikurub says. You're not, not mandated. You don't have to. You could. You could say so. And then says the Rambam as follows. And if you don't want to change, you still want to say, God took us out of Egypt, you're allowed to. Because once you join the people, you're like everyone else. There's no difference between a ger and another Jew. A ger is a Jew, a full-fledged Jew. Yes, there are certain laws, perhaps, in other areas that a ger may be precluded from certain things, but that's more practicality. From the essence. The essence, a ger is a Jew, and once a Jew, he's a Jew. And therefore, as a member of the Jewish people, as someone alluded to here before, you could say, Because you're his. Not only are our destinies the same, but now our histories are the same. You, jo you, jo you join the Jewish people, you have a new history. As we say, a ger, someone who converts as if they're a new baby, just born. You have a new family now. You have a new history now. It's amazing. And therefore, you can join the Jewish people and say everything like everyone else. And the rabbi continues to go on. And then he says, and then he says, um, let's, go to the, let's skip to the end here. He, and then he explains why, then how does he make the Mishnah work with what he's saying, which we don't have to get into now for, for, our, for our time's sake. And he concludes, and he concludes, and he says, and because Avram is our is your father and our father and the father of all the righteous people, will go in his ways. You not need a change. And that's what the Rambam concludes. And if you look, turn back one page, you see what does the Rambam say in that Mishnah? Says the Rambam. This is around the Mishnah's page number two. Calls Mavuar. All this that the Mishnah says, a ger can bring but can't read. A ger who davens has to say, can't say, okay, I was saying it. Says the Rambam, this is all true. El shepsak halacha, the psak of halacha is, maybe hager atzma bikurim vikore. He does bring and he does read. And we know, why would that be? Because we know, the Rambam says, once you join the Jewish people, you become one of the Jewish people. Avram becomes your father. And therefore, totally honest. The Korb is Mokhazel Lomar Shamar Hashem is brought Avram, as Avram said, Hashem said Avram, Ki Av Amon Goyim. You're the father of many nations. And therefore, Gary can say, Mkhazel, Yachel Kol Gary Lomar, Asher Nishbas, Abbasenu, Lafish Avram, Ayo Av, Lachol Olam, Lafishu, Lomdan, Lamadam, Amuna. So that is the conclusion of the Rambam. The Rambam says, A Gary can call and read, because a Gary is one of us. There's no difference between a Gary and someone else. I want to conclude with two other points. One is, 
the, well, it's just a quick review. We opened up and said, well, how does the Gemara view Gerim? We know the Pesukim say treat Gerim very nicely. The Gemara has two perplexing statements. One, it says the reason we were exiled was for Gerim. We said perhaps it's the silver lining of exile. But then the Gemara Kedushin kind of threw us for a loop and said, no, a Gerim is like a sapachas. It's, 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 a, it's a blister. It's a boil. And Tosa was like, no, that's because they, they, they make us all look back. They, they're more inspired. They're more excited. It's new to them. We have the cynicism of growing up in the system. We all know, we know what we all know what it, what it means to live a firm life and the, the good and the bad. And then the Mishnah Mikurum want to talk about can a ger maybe you cobra, can a can a ger say God of my fathers? It's not his fathers. The Mishnah says he cannot, and the Raman disagreed and explained how the Mishnah we didn't get into how the Mishnah is not the, the, the primary opinion. The Raman said, No, once you join the Jewish people, not only your destiny is intertwined, your history is intertwined. There are two more letters he has to avide Yahger. One letter is about a different topic. That he asked him about the statement in the Gemara, Hakol everything is from heaven, everything is dictated from above, except for our Yerushimayim, our fear of heaven. The Ram explains what that means. And then there's another letter. Apparently, Ovadia Hager's Rebbe, his communal rabbi, did not take very well to Ovadia Hager. And one time he got very mad at him, and he said to him, you lived a life, you were with the infidels, you worshiped Avodah Zorah, you're, you know, and basically chewed him out for being for his past his history. So Avadi Hager writes a letter to the Rambam and tells him what happened. And the Rambam eviscerates this rabbi. And the process he does, there are a couple important things we're not going to get into just because it's not our taste topic. One is the Rambam spells out very clearly that although Christianity in the, for the Rambam is a Vodazara, certainly it's a Vodazara even, you know, even for, for us to do it. But the Rambam thinks it's a Vodazara for Christians to do it. Islam is not a Vodazara. It's false. It's wrong. It's not the right way. A Jew can't say, I want to be a Muslim today. But it's not considered a Vodazara because ultimately there's no God, there's no God but Allah. It's, it's, a, it's a monotheistic faith. Again, it's wrong. But it's a monotheistic faith and therefore the Ramah says you never worship idols. But he writes as follows. Okay, so he said, your, your Rebbe said they're Obi of Arzar, and I said to you, no, Shalo Gogon Ajit Nis Azva Alibcha Vinisnamaz Karalov Onit Kasil Kaolaf. No, sorry. So the Rebbe said to him, you're a seal, you're a fool, you're a clown. How can you even think that, the, that Islam was correct? How can you worship this Avodazar? The Raman goes on to say it's not Avodazar. And then the Raman says as follows Vasher. This is, this is for the Rebbe. In this, and this is, remember again, this is the God Hadar. This is like Rav Asher Weiss sending a letter to, through one of you to me. In this day, your Rebbe said that what you did is not right, that you worship Avodah Zarah. He says that's a chet gadol, a great sin. He needs to go and ask Mechila, ask atonement. He has to ask forgiveness from you. Even though you're his student, he needs to go to you and say, I'm sorry, why? After he goes to you and he says, Can you forgive me? He's got to turn to God. And he's got to cry out to God. And daven for God. And beseech God for atonement that he should forgive him. Why? He goes, Does he not know? If he's such a big rabbi, does he not know how many times it says in the Torah? In 36 places in the Torah, it says in the Torah, Be careful about the ger. Watch over the ger. Don't mistreat the ger. Don't, don't use onas devarim. Don't say the wrong thing. Don't, don't oppress the ger verbally. If you're such a big rabbi, how dare? 
How dare he say these things to you? How dare he bring up your past? How dare he say you're a fool? How dare he say you worship idols? 36 times it says in the Torah, do not oppress the ger. He, even though you're his Talmud, he has to ask Mechila from you and then turn to God and ask forgiveness from God and atonement from God. And then he says, this is amazing. And then he says, he said, you worship idols? Well, what does the Talmud say about someone who loses their temper? Anyone who gets angry, angry who gets angry and loses their temper, it's as if they worship idols. He goes, he's the one who's worshiping idols. The Talmud says anyone who gets angry, it's as if they worship idols. Why is that? Anyone know? Because when you... Because you're losing your mind, you're not, you're not thinking rationally or thoughtfully or of God. So I think it's a step beyond that. If you recognize that everything comes from God, so when someone angers you, you're essentially saying, how can they do this to me? And you're forgetting that, no, they're just a messenger from God. Yes, they shouldn't be doing it. But you're forgetting, you're forgetting, you're forgetting God's in the picture. But it says the Rambam, anyone who gets angry, it's as if they worship idols. So this rabbi who screamed and yelled at you that you worship idols, well, actually, he's the one who, Te'ilu, worship idols. So the Rambam says, that was a, an awesome line. And then he says, This that the Torah gave us these requirements about how we treat the Gerim, how we treat the stranger, are great, are great. When it comes to your father and, mo and mother, we have to fear our parents. We have to honor our parents. We don't sit in their seat. We give them kavod. And there's even more love we need to have for the ger than you have to have for your father and mother. Even God, with all his glory, loves the ger. Loves the ger. As the Apostle says, I, I, love, I, I, I love the ger. And this that, this that the, the, the rabbi called you a fool, I just, I just can't get over it. Like, what was he thinking? A person, think of the sacrifice, sacrifice nowadays, but even back then, who leaves everything they know. They walk out of their father's house. They walk out of their place, their birthplace. They leave everything they know. And not only do they leave everything they know, they join a nation who's been oppressed, who's been buffeted around, who has high tuition prices, whose pay suffocations cost more than... No, we'll get into that. A person who leaves, who leaves everything they know to join the Jewish people, to sacrifice there. The Yodom Shaddai's MS, he wants to join the truth. The Dark Yisrael, he understands this is the ways of the Jewish people. The person recognizes the world is full of, you know, as we say, it's upside down. Everything is crazy. Every day, it's just, it's, we, can't, we, we can't make sense of it. And he walks away from that. And he joins the Jewish people. He, he, he cleaves onto the dust beneath Moshe Rabbeinu's feet. And he grabs onto the mitzvos. And he, he puts in his heart, he wants to come close to the light, the great light of life. 
and he wants to be mesameach and enjoy and be happy from the simcha of the righteous people. And he removes the this world and the physicality and all the, the, the things that bring you down this world from his heart. A person like this, who leaves everything he knows, who recognizes that the world out there is full of contradiction, the world out there is full of falsehood and flattery and just and, and it's upside down. And he chooses to join a nation that's been oppressed, that's been buffeted by the world. And he chooses to join a nation and sit under Moshe Rabbeinu and learn from the tzaddikim and get the enjoyment and the simcha of being a Jew. The happiness and the enjoyment of being a Jew, you're going to call this person a fool? I'm saying no, this person seems to be the wisest person you can come across. Not a fool. Not a fool. He says, oh, sorry, I lost the place here. God forbid, heaven forfend, you should say this. You're not a seal, they play in words. You're not a seal, a fool, you're a maskil, which is a, someone who understands. They play in words there. You understand, you're, you're someone who has, your eyes are open. You join the students of Avram Avinu. You're, you're, you're pining after Hashem. Again, that's not a literal translation. And the person who blessed Avram, as in Hashem. Hashem says, Avram So the person, the, the, the person who blessed Avram with everything, with everything in this world, now world, who you varech oscha should bless you. And should give you the reward that you deserve in this world and the next world. You should live long days. You should be. You should merit to see the future redemption, the comfort to the Jewish people. Because God does good for the Jewish people. Moshe ben Reb Maimo. It's towards the force over here. You get, really get what the Ramam thinks of Gerim. Ramam not only says, can you say, you're one of us. But he goes at length to say, think about everyone, the rest of us. And perhaps this is the greatest Hizchaimus. The greatest, the greatest Hizchaimus we can have, right? What the, what the Tosfos in, in, in Kedusha was saying. The greatest obligation that's put upon us. When we look at a Gerim, and we say, we grew up, and again, unfortunately, we have a certain cynicism. You know, we, 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 understand the, we understand the ins and the outs and sometimes the dirt and whatever comes along in the baggage, and it, it clouds our judgment. It clouds the way we look at things. And a girl walks to the door who chooses to leave everything behind and chooses to join the Jewish people. It creates an obligation to the rest of us to relook at what we have, to say, what are they seeing in us that we're not seeing, that we've decided to look away from, that we've put on the blinders because of whatever may have happened to us. It causes us, it's a charge to the rest of us, to say, we need to do better. We need to go back to that place of the Katsukaremis to say of Tamimiskik, of a certain naivete, a healthy naivete, a, health, a healthy simpleness, where we can say, we can look at it like children look at religion, like children look at the world, and say, what can, how can we do better? How can we also join the ger, tachas kanfei ashchino, learning and enjoying the simcha, the tanug, of what it means to be a Jew? With that, I wish you a wonderful week.